From the Thai Cats Audio Network, this is Thai Cats Today with RJ Broadhead. Hey there, great to have you with me for Thai Cats Today. I'm RJ Broadhead. It is Thursday, October the 6th, the day before the big game when the Tiger Cats host the Rough Riders Friday, 7.30 at Tim Hortons Field. Cannot wait for it. So much at stake. Tiger Cats really could make their lives a lot easier with a victory in their hopes of making the playoffs. And the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, they can only qualify for the playoffs through the crossover, through the East Division. And they're the hosts of the Grey Cup, so they are going to be a desperate football team. Saskatchewan is 1-0 against the Tiger Cats this year. They played in Week 1, and Saskatchewan won that game 30-13. to And we'll break that down a little bit. Tiger Cats were within two points of the Riders in the fourth quarter. But Saskatchewan scored 15 points in 20 seconds in that final quarter. Hamilton never led in the football game. They scored one touchdown. It was by Stephen Dunbar, and he won't play in this game coming up. We'll have more on the depth chart shortly. Hamilton had only 11 first downs. That tied for their fewest of the season. And keep in mind, this is week one of the season. That's a long time ago. And the Tiger Cats have changed quite a bit. Hamilton had five turnovers. Dane Evans had two interceptions, two fumbles. Matt Schiltz also threw an interception. And Saskatchewan took advantage. They had 13 points off those turnovers. And the last turnover allowed Saskatchewan to end the game. Hamilton never got the football back. Another interesting note, the second quarter. It's been really good for Hamilton, but they didn't have any points in the second quarter against Saskatchewan in Week 1. It's the only time this season. They didn't score in the second quarter. Hamilton only had 26 yards rushing, so the running game was not effective. The Riders got eight sacks. The offensive line is much better right now for the Tiger Cats. Third straight week where it's the same group of five, and they have been protecting the quarterback well. They've been opening lanes for the running back, so expect more than 26 yards rushing. I'm, I'm going to do a, a fearless prediction on that. Wes Hills will be the starting running back. Siante Evans is back. That's great news for the Hamilton secondary. So the, the secondary that was penciled in at the start of the season with Roll, Brooks, Adelike, Leonard, and Evans will be back together to try to stop that Saskatchewan throwing game. No Dylan win again, and no quarterback sacks for Hamilton last week, or in their last game, I guess say coming off a of bye week, but in their last game, it was the first time in 13 games they didn't have a quarterback sack. So it's only happened twice this season in their last game against Montreal and week one against Saskatchewan. They did not get a quarterback sack, but Saskatchewan has allowed the most sacks in the CFL, so that might change as well. As far as the depth chart is concerned, a bit of turnover in the receiver position. Stephen Dunbar will not play. He's out for personal reasons. Pappy White is injured. So in comes Anthony Johnson. He's played one game this season, has a touchdown, caught both of his passes. And Terry Godwin, hearing great things about Terry, he'll wear number 80 for the Tiger Cats. He's 25 years old, was in NFL camp with Tennessee, played a few games with Jacksonville. Went to the University of Georgia. He's 5'11", 185 pounds. But Coach O, Dane Evans, they both said some great things about him. It will be his first CFL game. So we will definitely keep an eye on Terry Godwin and see if he can contribute to this Hamilton offense. They need it 
as just four games remaining. So coming up on Ticats today, I'll talk to our Ticats Audio Network statistician, Jeff Girardad. He does such a, a good job with the statistics during the game. And having him on previously, the Tiger Cats won after he joined me on Ticats today. So a little superstition there. But Jeff will have some good tidbits. We'll hear from Coach O, Dane Evans, and Siante Evans as he returns to the lineup. Let's kick it off with Coach O. Uh, oh, you've had success after bye weeks. Any particular reason? Uh, no, I don't. I can't pinpoint it. Uh, I just know that everybody's fresher. You have you have great energy. Uh, I'm not sure what the true analytics are for teams coming off a of bye week, but uh, in our case, we hope that it uh, bodes just as well as the last one. Uh, got the depth chart, so getting some guys back. Uh, what kind of a, a difference maker is Lawrence Woods? Well, he's proven that he can he can make the big play, and uh, you know he's definitely a threat back there. Uh, it's, it's been a long road to get him back. I uh, didn't want to rush him back, but we felt comfortable, along with the medical staff, that he was ready to go. Uh, looking at the film, he looks like he's uh, as close to full strength as he's going to get. So uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the game. But having him back there, um, we're excited. It really puts into perspective how good he was before he was injured, because with the buys, basically missed six weeks and is. I think nine yards from the the punt return lead. So he's uh, when he's been in there, he's really been effective. No, he's been productive, and I think the thing to always remember is it's easy to point that out, but there's uh, eleven other guys doing a hell of a job for him up front and working hard. And you know, when they do work hard, you'd like a guy that could spring it and and get it there. And uh, so yeah, we'll see we'll see what kind of lift it brings. It's always a, a challenge catching the ball in this stadium, so it's it's bigger than the returns. There's a lot of other little things that go into it. Probably biggest changes in the receivers. Uh, a guy like Terry Godwin, his yeah. first game. Do you say anything to uh, to a player before his first CFL game? Yeah, do you be yourself? You know, make the plays that that you're called upon to make. You know, he'll have opportunity to make plays. Uh, it's not about filling anybody's shoes. You know, we know what Stevens uh, meant to this organization over the last couple of years. Uh, we never ask anybody to fill anybody's shoes. We ask them to be themselves and make the plays that they're called upon to make. Um, and, and build on it. So we're excited for, for Terry, and we'll go from there. First game against the Riders, they had eight sacks. Uh, yeah. You've had this offensive line for three games now, the same offensive line. Are you feeling pretty confident that uh, this group will, will be much better than that? Uh, I'm extremely confident that we'll be better than we were uh, that week out there. Uh, we're also different personnel-wise. So, uh, And that's not just... Uh, you know, a positive statement. That's that's the proof of how we've been playing. But again, uh, we want to be ramping up, right? There's we don't want to plateau at any point. We want we want to ramp up. So uh, if we want any chance to win, we're gonna have to protect the quarterback anyway. Hey, Siante, how does it feel to be back? Uh, it feels amazing. You know, thanking God, you know, for allowing me to be back, healthy, ready to roll. Is it? Um, basically, the the starting secondary is back. Does that give the the defense a uh, a little more confidence now that you're you're in there and the the secondary that I guess was was planned on being the starting uh, group is is all back together. Um, I think that we got a pretty good backfield regardless. Um, I think guys step up when other guys go down all the time, and the guys that stepped up have been playing good. So I know to answer your question though, it is a good to have some cohesiveness. 
among group and, you know, keeping the starting line up the same. But guys have stepped up, did a good job, and I'm just here to, you know, keep the same consistency. <clears throat> Talking with uh, Coach O, he said you're a great player, but your presence is, is very important out there. How do you take that compliment? Uh, I just – at an all-time high, honestly, you know, because, you know, everybody knows who Coach O is, but I just try to be there for my guys, you know, just be a, the ultimate teammate, have guys rally behind, you know, behind me. And at the same time, I need to lean on other people too. So it's a collective effort. So you, you missed a few games. Uh, I don't know if you look at the statistics. Are you surprised you're still leading in knockdowns? Uh, I haven't been paying too much attention to that, to be honest. But, you know, hopefully I can turn some of those knockdowns into interceptions. Not to put too fine a point on it, but how important is tomorrow night's game given the crossover potentially implications? Uh, it's very important. And it's not only because of implications, as you suggested, but it's because it's the next game. You know, and last game wasn't the outcome that we wanted. So in order to move forward, we need to put our best foot forward tomorrow. And what's the key about um, facing uh, the, the Riders offense and, and Cody Fajardo? Um, they're a good they're a good offense. They try to stay on the field as much as possible. I know the quarterback does a good job of extending plays and, you know, giving his receivers, you know, that extra amount of time to get open if the first read isn't there. So they do a good job of, you know, controlling how they want to move the ball on offense, whether it's run, pass and, you know, obviously using their quarterback. So they're a good offense and we're gonna have a handful. You did mention uh, Fajardo extending plays. Quite often that comes to the, your side of the field, the wider, wider side. What, how's that changed things for you? It's almost like they try to option the, that wide side. Yeah, you just, it's just honestly, you just have to just stay more engaged. You have to play the play longer, you know, because you know that that's going to happen, especially when he extends out to the field. The play is extended now. Now he cuts off half the field, and my side is the extended side. So just playing the play longer than my opponent. I mean, do you have to trust the other person to maybe come up and you not commit? Because like, you got yeah, everybody has. You're gonna cross people over into your zone. Absolutely, but everybody has their responsibility. It's the right. ultimate team game, so those guys that are responsible for him are going to be responsible for him. My job is to stay in coverage, and that's what I'm gonna do. Okay. So Dane Sports is is wonderful. 14 games, and really. They don't mean much. Yeah. You, you have four games remaining, and if these are your four best games, you're in a pretty good spot. Yeah, that's the beauty of sports, especially the beauty of the East Division this year, right? It's it's kind of been just a weird year altogether, but like you said, that doesn't really matter anymore. Um, these next couple games, especially this one tomorrow, really, really matter, and uh, I think we're ready for it, man. We're I'm looking forward to it, and I was just telling Shinetti, as a competitor, like, why do you play the game? It's to win, and that's all we got to do is win. So let's win. Are you, it was in the game notes, you haven't beaten the Riders. Do you pay attention to, to those stats? Um, well, I mean, we beat them last year, but I guess technically like Jeremiah got that one because we, we did the half split right. time. But um, no, not really. Uh, I know what I do know about Saskatchewan is they come to play every time where you play them at, at Mosaic or here at Tim Hortons. Like it's always going to be a great game. Um, I'm excited for it. They have some great players, and we have some great players too. So it'll be it'll be a good game. Week one, you played them. They yep. got you a little bit. Yep. Uh, the offensive line now. There's some consistency. Three weeks in a row, same guys. Uh, are you feeling confident with that group? Oh yeah, yeah. They've been doing a fantastic job. Um, I think 
the mixture that we have of those five are, are, are really doing a fantastic job. Their communication has been top notch. Um, I think having Beardy there in the middle kind of is sure some things up and the other guys are just busting their butt too, you know, so I'm um, really excited about it and they know they have a good challenge tomorrow. So I, th- I think they're even more excited about it than I am. A bit of change at the receiver. Is that difficult for a quarterback when you, you seem to have uh, different receivers in every game? Um, not really. Uh, our guys here are, are super smart, right? Like our front office does a good job about bringing in guys that not only can play football, but um, can play football at a high level and a high football IQ. Um, so I trust everybody that's out there. Um, I think I think we'll have some some things dialed up, and I think it'll be some good opportunities for guys to make plays. And that's what it's all about: is when you have that opportunity to make the play, make it. Coach O was saying about Terry Godwin that he's fast and quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's his first CFL game. Do you? say anything to him or try to get him involved early? Is there, I guess you won't give too much of a plan, but yeah, uh, no, I can't tell you everything, but uh, no, he's had a great week of work. Um, even a couple weeks previous when he's, he's just been up here trying to figure it out. He's been turning heads when he's on the scout team or getting some reps here and there. Um, so I'm excited about it for him, man. He's, he's a super smart guy. Like I said, um, obviously me and him got together and we went over a couple things just in more detail, but I do that with anybody. So um, excited to see him play, excited to see him have fun and try to get him in the end zone. Further on him, um, two things. I gather you notice his vertical leap. <coughs> For a, for a guy who's not real tall, I mean, right? I gather that comes into it. And the second thing is that can he stretch the field for you? Is that one of the functions for him, uh, Godwin? Yeah, I think so. Um, like Coach O said, he is fast and quick. I would also add a couple more, like I guess it'd be adjectives, smooth and and just explosive too. Um, uh, just even a couple times this week, he would be you know, on the backside of a progression or whatever, just kind of out there for the love of the game, not really a chance to get the ball, and dude's still open. You know what I mean? So um, when you have a guy like that, he, he, he's got the potential to be special, and uh, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see him play. The press notes say that Sean is averaging almost seven yards a carry again uh, when he does get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. The run game tomorrow will be something that you, you, you try and use to, to that means? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think that's an attribute to the O-line, but also Sean as well, right? Um, he's a phenomenal player. Everyone knows what he can do. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be kind of just what is Saskatchewan giving us? Are they going to give us the opportunity to run the ball? Then we're going to take it. Are they going to take it away? Then we're going to create opportunities else, elsewhere, right? Um, so I think I think everyone on this offense kind of knows kind of how we roll. And uh, when his number's called, I have no doubt he's going to make the play, whether that's running or, or catching the ball. Okay, I'd normally ask you the weakness of the Saskatchewan defense, and I know you wouldn't say it, but what's their yeah. strength then? Ooh, that's, mm, that's a good spin on the question. <laughs> I think their strength is, uh, I think they're aggressive, whether they're playing man or zone, and whether you're talking about the back end, the D-line, or the linebackers. I think that's a, a, a occurring theme throughout the film that I've watched all week. Um, they're, they're super aggressive, um, which can be amazing for a defense, but you can also, you know, counter them here away so um, I think they have 12 great players out there there's not like a weakness where we're just going to keep going at one guy Um, so I would say their strength is their aggression and um, I think we're prepared for it joining me now is the 
numbers man, Jeff Jaredat, our official statistician. And I've had Jeff on on Cats today before. And I have to be honest, Jeff, Tiger Cats are one and oh when when you join me on Cats today. So you know, a little superstition, bring you on, talk about the Riders game, and maybe you bring some good luck. Hey, if you can keep track of the records with the jerseys they wear in the pants, why not with uh, with me being on the podcast? <laughs> I do, I do, actually. I, 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 You know I keep track of that. I don't always say it, because sometimes the record isn't very good in the uniforms they're wearing, but, it, you know, the, the black tops and the gold pants are the most successful uniforms this year. I, we'll I just do put remember, it that way. Uh, there you go. I, I do remember passing you that note after the, the podcast week, and I said, Ticats 1-0 and after I do a podcast. And the look in, <laughs> on yours and Luke's face was, uh-oh, <laughs> we, we might be asking for something more down the road a little bit. Well, that's right. And, uh, you know, maybe we get an agent's fee if you, you, uh, if you get signed long-term here. We'll see what happens at 11 o'clock tomorrow night, then we'll, we'll start thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I always... Uh, joke around with with Luke and Andy that since the Tiger Cats audio network has been in existence the Tiger Cats have never lost after a bye week. There you go. I remember that one a couple of weeks ago too. <laughs> You'll probably hear it again. Yeah. <laughs> so, here we are, crossover. Who would have thought Riders and Tiger Cats on October the 7th would have East Division implications? Probably only one of them is going to make the the playoffs um a win for Hamilton is pretty important. A loss isn't great. How do you feel about the crossover? Are you a fan? I like it. Um, I've always liked it. I mean, but not this year. But, but not this year. But uh, but I, I just think <laughs> for, for fans, it, it gives them a, a second hope. You know, it, you could have a, a really tough season and, and you could have some disparity in the West and the East or, or East to West, depending on which way you want to go. And it gives you that second bit of hope that you can get in the playoffs. And, and you know, if, if you're the fourth best team in one division, maybe you deserve to be in there ahead of the, the third place team on the other side because you have had a better uh, a better record, a, a better season. I, I think it's better for the fans. I think it keeps them more engaged throughout the year. And I'm I like it. I, I think it, it you know th- this game here would not have a lot of uh, talk like it does if if that wasn't the case, right? I mean, and I just I just think it gives you a second life to kind of get in the playoffs and see what can happen. I mean, no no team that's ever made the crossover has ever won the Grey Cup. So it's, right. you know, we're, we're waiting for that to happen. Hopefully not this year, but, uh, you know, all you need is that chance to get in, right? And you never know when you're going to get hot at that right time. And you've only got to win three three games in a row to, to win the Grey Cup. So it's it's there for the taking for somebody. Yes, and I should put a recording in progress on the door before more people come come walking in on us. But uh, yeah, for the riders, they this is their only route. They have to w- go through the crossover. They can't qualify in the West Division anymore, and they're the hosts of the Grey Cup, so a, a ton of pressure on them. And and Jeff, I introduced you as the the statistician for the Ticats Audio Network. You're uh, one of the top producers in in Canada, in in sports, and you've done stats for television. That's kind of how you got your start. 
Do you, did you work any any crossover games? Any good stories there? Yeah, I'd worked the uh, was it uh, two thousand eight uh, E semi, and only in the CFL can you say you worked an E semi of Edmonton at Winnipeg. <laughs> Way east. And I'm looking at the graphics list, going, I don't know, this doesn't sound right. Maybe we should just change it to you know West Park View or something like that. But uh, that was a that was in Winnipeg, coldest day I ever worked. My God, I, I was upstairs doing stats. So I, I had pens that froze. I had pencils that wouldn't work on my sheets. I pulled out Sharpies. I remember working for TSN. That's who I was with. And uh, Edmonton got a, a late interception uh, in the fourth quarter with about a minute left. And I'm like, okay, pack it up. Here we go. I'm just going to sit here all bundled up. The windows are wide open. Couldn't feel my feet. Couldn't feel my toes. But uh, 59 minutes of football that day, I had had enough. But uh, I had done one. It's interesting, but uh, it, it's, like I say, it keeps both teams going. And, and the visiting team won that day. So, yeah, so last time there was a crossover, there wasn't one last season, and of course, 2020 was a was a COVID right. season. So uh, 2019 was the last time Hamilton was involved in a sense. Edmonton crossed over and made it to the East Final, and and Hamilton won that and went on to the Grey Cup and lost to Winnipeg in that game. Uh, 2016, though. Uh, was not as good for Hamilton in a crossover game. No, Edmonton came over to Tim Hortons Field and Edmonton walked away with a 24-21 win. And tell me if this storyline sounds familiar, but Edmonton gets out to a big lead, 18-3 to at the half. Uh, John White, who you remember, great running back, he ran for 160-plus yards that day, two touchdowns. He just ran rampant over the Ticats defense. And the Ticats make this crazy comeback. They get a a single off of uh, off a kickoff with four and a half minutes to go. And as we've seen already a couple times this year, a key turnover with less than two minutes to go in the fourth quarter, an interception by Zach Caleros actually leads to a 10-yard you know, <laughs> field goal by Sean White with a few seconds to go, and uh, there goes your season. So, Yeah, we have seen that a lot uh, this year, and uh, that's something else. I do keep track of are the turnovers and it is a lot in the in the fourth quarter 43 turnovers total 27 of them coming in the fourth quarter for the Tiger Cats they have to fix that so we've talked about it a bit on Tiger Cats today and and with uh, I talked about it with Luke on Tiger Cats this week but because you're the numbers guy I'll let you explain the the playoff implications with Friday's game with the Tiger Cats and the Riders, if Ticats win, are they in a good spot? They are. Let me pull up my abacus here as I kind of start <laughs> things over because it, it gets tricky. But, you know, a, a Sask win tomorrow night, we'll, we'll start with that. Obviously, we don't want that to happen. But that would re- require the Ticats to win outright their next three games against Calgary and the two against Ottawa and then have Sask lose their last two to Calgary. So, I mean, not ideal because you're asking for five different things to happen, right? And I know we've joked all along that this is a must-win game. This is a must-win game. I think we can all walk in with to the booth tomorrow night with T-shirts that say must-win game on. So, you know, if, if the Ticats win tomorrow um, and Sask was, would happen to lose two games to Calgary, then Hamilton would only need to win one of their next three. I, I mean, it, it's a lot to digest as we talk here, but, you know, Win tomorrow, and and I think there's legitimate hope. I'm not as crazy as this season has been. Win tomorrow night, and I think that you know you've got a legitimate chance to to sneak into the playoffs, and then anything can happen. 
It's true. I, I talked to Dane Evans earlier today and basically said that to him. Isn't sports great? You know, you played 14 games and it really, these next four are really the only ones yeah. that, that matter. And, and he laughed and agreed. And uh, it's, uh, it, Hamilton played Saskatchewan in week one yeah. and it was close until the fourth quarter. And there were some issues for the Tiger Cats. They're a much different team than they were in week one. They say they're a different team, and we hope they're a different team and get a, a, a much better result than they did in that first game against Saskatchewan. Yeah, that game seems so so long ago, doesn't it? I mean, the season yeah. was by, but that game seems so long ago. But that game, I mean, the numbers that stick out to me were five turnovers again, you know, a, a huge story as we've talked about at length this season, and eight sacks allowed by Hamilton. So obviously that's something that, that cannot happen. I, I was looking at the game notes and noticed that uh, – you know, you mentioned Dane. So the, the two teams that he hasn't beat in his CFL career, of course, Saskatchewan <laughs> and Calgary, and guess who the next few opponents. So it just the, the schedule maker, I don't know, he, he takes a lot of flack at times, but, uh, man, he sure sets up some good stuff towards the end of the season on a regular basis. <laughs> and, and I asked Dane about that as well, and he pointed out a pretty interesting little tidbit that last season – they beat the Riders, and he and Jeremiah Masoli kind of split the game. But Masoli got the win, even though Dane right. played probably the majority of the game. Yeah. So it's technically he hasn't beat Saskatchewan, but right. he kind of has beat Saskatchewan. Some good vibes against them, yeah. He needed a little record in there, a little note in there about good vibe games in there too. He needed to have a check mark. The other thing I looked at too. So in Dane's three wins, and this is almost as he goes, so goes the offense, and so goes the team. But in his three wins, he's got eight touchdown passes and zero ints. In his ten losses, that goes seven touchdowns, thirteen ints. So I mean, you know, we're preaching to the choir here seven million times, but protect the ball and you've got a pretty good chance to win. And I mean, look, you know, we've talked about Sask. I mean, they're not the cat's meow coming in either, right? They started three <laughs> and one and, and they're what three and eight since their three and one start. So it's not like they're uh, ripping the league on fire either. Right. So it, it may, uh, it, yeah. they're taking for sure. Yeah. Riders have lost four in a row for the first time since 2016, which coincidentally yeah. is the last time they missed the playoffs last time Hamilton missed the playoffs was 2017 and in that year Saskatchewan crossed over to the East Division so Hamilton and Saskatchewan seem to be a, a lot of similarities coming into this game and it's one of those probably both teams don't really know what they're going to get until we actually see it happen on on the field at, at Tim Hortons field on Friday at 7 30 do you with the statistics, do you see them leaning one way or another? I I think home field is going to be a big advantage here. I, I'm not going to lie. I just think that, uh, you know, the Ticats have not played well on, on the road this year. Um, and now's the time, you know, if you give a team enough chances to get a win, and sometimes it only takes one, and, and they know the importance of this game. Obviously, both teams do, but I, I think – you know, and not to look too far into next week, next Friday night, but playing Calgary, I mean, that's that's not going to be fun. You know what I mean? Calgary's a good football game. Look what they did to Toronto there last week. Um, and I just think, you know, you, you can't wait until you get to those two Ottawa games to try and 
hope for something else to happen and, and, you know, rely on the rest of the league. The rest of the league might change a little bit as far as teams have already clinched playoff spots. Guys might be resting in the fourth quarter, anything like that. You, you got to take care of, uh, of your own business uh, tomorrow night. You get that win. And I think things are probably looking pretty good for them and they'll feel pretty good tomorrow night if that happens. All right. Well, it's going to be chilly, but you're not going to have to have a, a warmer for your pens. They won't freeze. But it, it's going to be a great game. It's an important game. And looking forward to seeing you, Jeff. And, and we'll, our see. Window, we'll see. Our windows don't open that much anyway, so we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Jeff. Okay. Th- thanks, Archie. That's Jeff Girardat. Does a terrific job with the statistics on the Cats audio network. It's the big game. We've said it over and over on the Cats audio network. Tiger Cats, Rough Riders, 7.30. Tim Hortons Field on Friday. Both teams desperate to make the playoffs. They need wins, each of them, and probably only one of them is going to make the playoffs. So if you can make it to Tim Hortons Field, it will be a great game to watch. If you can't, we will have the call for you on the Ticats Audio Network. Kickoff is at 7.30. Myself, RJ Broadhead, and Luke Tasker will have the call. We also got together, as Luke and I always do, every week, the day before the game on Ticats this week. So be sure to check that out on the Ticats Audio Network. On Friday, prior to the game, you can listen to Ticats Game Day with Courtney Stephen and Mike Daly, a couple of great former Ticats. They have all the information you need going into that game. And then, of course, the pregame show starts at 6.30, an hour before kickoff. That's with Andy Fantuz and Bubba O'Neill. And then Luke and I will have the call at kickoff on the Ticats Audio Network. That's at 7.30. It's the Tiger Cats and the Rough Riders, a very important game that has East Division playoff implications. Hope you can listen. Thanks for checking out Ticats Today. Ticast Today can be heard every weekday, and we would like to hear from you. Email us at gameday at ticats.ca. Have a question or an opinion? We want to hear it. That's gameday at ticats.ca. Subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.